0: You know, the last of the four meetings of the regular season before, I think a 90% chance that these two teams will meet in the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. So, um, this is a big one, especially for the Penguins. They got to try to somehow catch the Rangers for a whole ice, even though they've been a better team on the road. So, uh, this is still a big game no matter what.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. You know, the Rangers have actually uh, kind of closed the gap on the Canes a little bit. They're only two game or two points mm-hmm. behind them. Uh, the Canes do have a game in hand, but I'm with you, man. I've, I've been thinking all along that it's going to be Rangers-Penguins, and uh, it does still kind of feel like they're sort of on a collision course, but I suppose you never know for sure. I mean, the Rangers and Penguins both— somewhat within striking distance of the uh, Carolina Hurricanes there. Very unique situation in the Eastern Conference where, you know, we've known for a while or we think we've known for a while who the eight playoff teams are going to be, and it pretty much is just coming down to seeding, and that makes this a big game tomorrow night. The the winner of this game could very well go on to have home ice advantage if these two teams play each other in the first round.
0: Yeah, I mean, especially if it ends in regulation, you know, Rangers win puts them uh, basically three full games up on the penguins and the two teams of no, there's really no games in hand if, I, if i'm not mistaken after i looked at the standings i the a penguins winner regulation they're two back and then you know it gets more interesting again especially down the stretch so um i know in the grand scheme of things it doesn't probably mean too much just because you know we're in the home stretch regular season the playoffs are about a month well a little less than a month away at this point, you know, both teams are basically in the playoffs already. Um, but, you know, it's, it's your last chance to, you know, maybe send a message going into a series saying, hey, you know, you know, from a Penguins perspective, you know, we're not going to get bullied by you guys in four to five games. Um, but um, I'm still excited to watch the end just because the Penguins, they they haven't played as well as they have been as of late. They've lost five of seven to Naroda, the Avalanche, but, you know, the Avalanche also do this to everyone. Um, so I think the Penguins are going to want to um, – at least show that, you know, these last two games, although they played fine, you know, there's obviously a higher level to their game to say the least.
1: Yeah, for sure. It's crazy to think. I mean, we are just, you know, 11 games. I think it is now away from the playoffs. I mean, the season has just absolutely flown by, but, um, you know, I mentioned a second ago that it's a unique situation where, you know, both these teams have known for a while pretty much that they're going to the playoffs. So I'm wondering, Hunter, like between now and the end of the regular season, is there anything big you would like to see from the Penguins? You know, something that they're doing well now that they need to continue to do or something that they need to kind of get right between now and the time that the playoffs start? Any, anything that you could put your finger on there or point to is like, uh, you know, something that's going to be very important down the stretch here?
0: Yeah, obviously the hot take artists among some of the Penguins fans, are, it's its a little much uh, to say the least. There's still 19 points up on the New York Islanders. Um, for the Islanders to catch the Penguins, Pittsburgh would have to lose like nine or ten in a row and the Islanders would have to win nine or ten in a row. That's very, very unlikely. But, you know, I think some of the defensive work should be cleaned up a bit. I think Tristan Jari's level of play has dipped. Um, you know, I think that's expected a little bit just because he's played most of the games this season. You know, he's, I, I think... Um, other than Vasilevsky and I think another goaltender as well. Um, He's one of the most played goaltenders in the league this year, just because you know Casey Desmith. He's been a little better as of late, but when he was not playing well, Mike Sullivan would always go to him, and I think that's caused him to be a bit gassed in his level play. You know, it's it's not that it's not at the level than what we've seen for most of the season. So if he can get right a little bit, um, that's going to go a long way um, for the Penguins. He gave up a couple of goals the last two games that. I know he would want back, <clears throat> excuse me, Um, defensively. um, Just, you know, they, they've been fine, but, you know, there've also been, you know, some spurts these last few games where um, they'll give up quite a few chances and then they'll get back into the game with a goal. And then, you know, s- sometimes they'll, what's the word I'm looking for, I guess. um, You know, sometimes they'll revert back to how they were getting a lot of chances. And other times, you know, it's, they're not, they're not giving up a lot. And it's like, okay, can we just stay more consistent here to say the least? Um, offensively, if they can get their finishing, um, I've been saying this all year, Um, their finishing is in the bottom third in the league. It was one of the, I think it was the league's best last year. Um, that's a nice little regression obviously for the penguins, but if that can even be at the middle of the pack, I think that can also solve a lot of their problems as well getting healthy. I think that's huge too. I think Jason Zucker is going to be playing in this game after it looked like he re-injured himself um, last week against Minnesota. Um, He fully practiced today. Brock McGinn is also very close. Um, I'm not going to say um, the word, obviously just because of the penguins, it's they're, they're never fully healthy, but um, I think those are the main things that I do want to see here down the stretch. Just, you know, mainly more consistency. Their play has not been bad. It's not like they're not really showing up for games. It's just that you know the goaltender has not been making the same amount of key saves as he was for most of the season. Defensively, defensively they've let up a little bit, which has caused you know the opposition to score more goals, and you know what's usually happened this year. And you know the finishing continues to just you know not be there for a lot of players. But if those can, you know, we can see some regression with those um, few things. These last eleven games going to the playoffs, I'm going to feel a lot more confident um, about them going going in, obviously, to the Stanley Cup playoffs.
1: Yeah, for sure, and it's kind of interesting hear you, hearing you say all that because there's some things that that you said there that definitely apply to the Rangers as well. You know, Igor Shosturkin, obviously he's having a vesna worthy yeah. season, and, you know, I think he might even be in the mix. He might get at least a couple of votes for the heart when it's all been done here, but if... He had, you know, anything resembling, you know, a valley this season, a not-so-good stretch. It's probably been over the past, you know, eight or ten games. And that's not to say he hasn't played well. Uh, he has at times. He's had a couple of hiccups along the way here, though. And it gets to the point where, you know, as a Ranger fan, you're just so used to seeing this guy basically be a human cheat code night in and night out that to see him, you know, be anything less than that is actually, you know, really striking and really surprising. But uh, I'm not too worried about it. Uh, I'd rather see him go through, you know, a mini slump now than when the playoffs roll around and it really matters. I mean, I, I'd almost rather him get this out of the way and, you know, work his way back to being the Igor Shesterkin that Ranger fans all know and love. And you also mentioned, you know, team defense, which uh the Rangers two games ago, I think it was probably the worst uh defensive game that the Ranger defensemen have played this entire season. I mean, just turnovers left and right. The amount of odd man rushes that they gave up to the Flyers of all teams was just <laughs> staggering. Like, every time... <laughs> Yeah, Penguin fans will appreciate that, I'm sure. Um, But yeah, every time I I blinked, it felt like, you know, there's a breakaway. Uh, Owen Tippett had about four breakaways in that game alone, uh, and Igor Shisirkin stopped him every single time. So that was getting to be a little ridiculous. Uh, The nice thing is the Rangers were down 3-0 in that game, rallied to tie it, ended up losing in a shootout. Uh, So obviously a mixed bag there. But the Rangers really had kind of a get-right game in their most recent game against the Devils. Just played much better team defense. It was like night and day. Uh, Alex Georgiev had a nice... um, you know, start for himself as well. He's played a lot better recently and, you know, down the stretch here, I'm kind of looking for the Rangers to basically treat this almost like an open tryout kind of a deal because the Rangers, you know, at the trade deadline, they acquired a lot of pieces, you know, Justin Braun uh, has kind of been in and out of the lineup as the Rangers, you know, seventh defenseman, Uh, And then you've got guys like Frank Vetrano, Andrew Kopp, Tyler Matu have all come over, and it's great. This team is a lot better, but it's created some competition. And, um, you know, given the fact that, again, the Rangers and Penguins have some breathing room, I think the Rangers can now kind of, uh, you know, experiment a little bit and, again, just kind of treat this as an open competition. Hey, if you want a spot in this lineup in the playoffs, then go out and get it. I mean, it it really is up for grabs right now, and I think that's the way that it should be uh, for sure.
0: Yeah, you know, the Penguins, they don't really have too many competitions down here, though, there is, you know, I think the last spot defensively, it's going to be Marcus Pedersen or Mark Freeman. Mike Sullivan has been putting them in and out of the lineup just to see who he likes more. Marcus Pedersen uh, – I don't know why I said his name twice in five seconds. Pedersen got kind of cooked twice in the same sequence against Colorado. And I, I understand that Avalanche will do that to basically every team. But it was not a good look for someone who is trying to stay in the lineup um, – over a guy like Mark Freeman, who, you know, he, he's a total chaos kind of player. He jumps into the play a lot more, is fine defensively. His underlying numbers are also pretty good. You know, I don't really mind whichever way they go, but, you know, it still wasn't a good thing. You know, he's getting walked by. Um, I think it was JT Comfer, and I believe it was O'Connor of Colorado. You know, it was two sequences in a row. That, that actually led to Colorado taking the lead halfway through the game um, on yeah, Tuesday night. So I'm curious to see what Sullivan does. For this game, I would like to think Pederson may get another shot, but I also would not be surprised if Friedman does come in. The thirteen, the twelfth forward spot is also going to be, I think, up for grabs with Jason Zorker coming back. Um, the only injured player is Brock McGinn, though he is very close. He's eligible to come off IR on Saturday. He's already back practicing. He's going to be back in the lineup. So who's going to come out? Is it going to be Brian Boyle? Is it going to be Danton Heinen, Evan Rodriguez? You know, who, who knows at this point. Other than that, you know, I think those are the two main competitions for the penguins that Mike Sullivan is looking at here down the stretch really everyone else in the lineup is set in stone and I'm glad that you know the lineup it looks more formidable when Jeff Carter is not on Evgeny Malkin's wing because for as much as I've loved Jeff Carter um he has sank that line with him and Ricard Raquel getting Jason Zilker back um it's it's massive for so many reasons I know obviously his injury history and people like to bag on him just because he makes a lot of money he doesn't score a lot but Um, He he does all the little things very well. And, you know, he had an assist on his first shift back last last, um, Thursday against Minnesota. So um, I just think, you know, especially him coming back is going to make it the lineup that much better. And I'm going to be curious to see, you know, with him coming back, how that, you know, that last forward spot goes in defensively too. Before we get back to our special crossover preview with John Chick of Locked On New York Rangers with HelloFresh you get farm fresh pre portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. You can get farm fresh seasonal produce and easy to make recipes Excuse me, delivered right to your door every week. Heck, ingredients travel from the farm to your doorstep in under a week so they always arrive fresh and all without a trip to the grocery store or farmer's markets. Always about the convenience with HelloFresh. Not only do the ingredients come pre-portioned so you're not overbuying or wasting food, but it's easier than ever to get filling meals on the table in a snack with options like family friendly or quick and easy recipes. My girlfriend and I have done HelloFresh a lot you know, over the last year and trust me, it saves a lot of time by you know, by not going to the grocery store and of course it's also a lot cheaper than always going to the grocery store as well. You can go to HelloFresh.com slash LockedOn16 and Use the code locked on sixteen for up to sixteen free meals and three free gifts. Remember that's hellofresh.com/lockedon16 and use code locked on sixteen for up to sixteen free meals and three free gifts. Now, do you remember a couple of tweets that we had on the locked on penguins Twitter account? That mattress factory had with the sports are art. Well, when prompted, art is a sport. Yes, that M Gibson uh, tweeted. Um, the lockdown penguins tour account and mattress factory he said at a minimum a lot of art gets physically demanding so we checked in with some installers at the art museum and they spend hours in some of the weirdest positions juggling heavy power tools and hardware they're basically acrobatic contractors it sounds exhausting but i don't think that's going to convince everyone that art is a sport so remember all of this comes from Mattress Factory, Pittsburgh's premier site-specific contemporary art installations museum. That's just a fancy way to say actually immersive art. Remember, you can visit mattress.org slash gopens to get a free one-year membership to Mattress Factory when you buy tickets for the Penguins Bruins game on April 21st. Remember, that's mattress.org slash gopens to get a free one-year membership to Mattress Factory when you buy tickets for the Penguins hosting the Bruins on April 21st.
1: Yeah, it's an interesting situation for sure. And it's funny, you mentioned Brian Boyle. Obviously, he spent a couple of seasons on the Rangers, you know, back in the day. And, you know, he's somebody that I always root for because he's obviously uh, been through a lot. And it's cool to see that he's carved out a nice role for himself with your Penguins there. But I will say this. It's not going to break my heart if these two teams play in the playoffs and he is a healthy scratch. Because this guy for the Rangers he always did something positive when it came to playoff time. You know, his all of a sudden Brian Boyle starts contributing offensively a lot more than you expect him to. Uh, He scored a really big goal in game seven when the Rangers and Penguins played each other. Geez, that was like eight years ago. Now it's crazy. Uh, But yeah, as a Ranger fan, uh, I'd be happy to see him not in the lineup, especially because every time the Rangers play one of their former players guaranteed that guy is going to impact the game and probably get on the score sheet and maybe even get the game winning goal. So do you want to leave, Brian Boyle in the press box, you know, I'd be all right with that.
0: Uh, And now I'm just picturing, you know, the series goes to game seven. It's like double overtime and Brian Boyle just somehow scores the game winner. And then um, I really don't know what Rangers Twitter will do. I think they'll probably just self combust uh, at that point. It would be a pretty poetic ending to a series.
1: That would be rough, man. I mean, I'm telling you, he's got a big moment in him, especially once again, after, you know, everything that he's been through with his, uh, his illness. And, you know, now obviously back playing hockey, it really is great to see, Um You know, you mentioned Ricard Raquel a second ago, and I wanted to ask you about him because he's one of the uh, kind of the big move that the Penguins made at the trade deadline, and uh, you know, somebody that I know the Rangers were looking at at least a little bit. So uh, I'm wondering, you know, I I looked at his stats; it looks like he's off to a pretty nice start for you guys. But uh, how have they been kind of deploying him, and what are you seeing from him? How's he fitting in with the Penguins so far?
0: Yeah, so we started out, you know, playing in the bottom six, but that was that was not going to be the case moving forward. He quickly went up to Evgeny Malkin's right wing. And, you know, he, he stayed there and they, they have really good chemistry together. You know, when Zulker was playing in that period with Malkin and Raquel, you know, the, the, the numbers were pretty good. And that's a line that I want to see more of here down the stretch to see if that can, you know, stick for the playoffs, um, to say the least. But, you know, Raquel has a great shot. You know, his, his playmaking ability is also pretty underrated, too. And, you know, the Penguins are not a physical team. That's, you know, again, I, I've said this probably about 5,000 times. Brian Burke is probably not happy about that. Um, but you know, he, he brings a physical element that, you know, the team, you know, kind of lacks a little bit because, you know, he's not afraid to throw the body around. Um, he's also pretty, pretty decent in front of the net, but man, that release is just something else to see. He's also, he'll, he'll go on the second power play unit and it's almost like he's like a one man zone entry. He'll take on, he'll take you on one on three, one on four, no matter what he's had almost had a couple of highlight real goals. When um, he's do that, just because you know he's so silky with the puck, so I really liked what he's brought to the team so far. I'm not really sure if he's going to be on the team next year, but you know, I'm not really thinking about that right now. Um, I, I'm glad to see that you know he's he's been producing, he looks like a good fit on Evgeny Malkin's line. And you know, if they can just sort out that left wing spot, and hopefully Zulker stays in the lineup for the rest of the season in the playoffs, um, Penguins are going to have two really good lines in the top six that they can deploy. Um, out whenever because you know when someone like Jeff Carter is on that line with Malkin and Raquel you know they they just can't do the same things that they can do with someone like Zoker on there because he's a better floor checker Uh, but I really like what he's brought here Um, the cost to get him was really whatever to me a second round pick a goalie prospect when you have a lot of goalies in the system two bottom six wingers who you know maybe one of them will be in in the playoff lineup but at the end of the day I think they're both replaceable um, to say the least, um, I'll throw that right back at you, John. You know, you, obviously the Rangers did make a lot of moves. Um, you know, I, before the deadline, I was looking at their forward depth. I'm like, okay, this is probably a team that has one and a half lines, and I think that's almost it. And obviously, Adam Fox is great on the back end, but you know. Three big forward acquisitions. They can actually, you know, roll three to four lines now. Um, what have you seen from those acquisitions? And, you know, speaking of Frank Vetrano, he always scores against the Penguins. He has eight goals against them in his career. Um, started out in Boston, continued in Florida, and now it's continued in uh, New York. So I am fully expecting a Frank Vetrano goal um, against it, the uh, Penguin Penguins tomorrow. But wanted to throw the third of that back out at you.
1: Yeah, no, it, it could definitely happen. Vitranos look good. I would say he's got to be among the biggest steals of the trade deadline season. The fact that the Rangers only gave up a fourth round draft pick to get this guy and they bring him in and, you know, he's immediately, you know, in a top nine role and, and in pretty short order, they've actually had him playing with Mika Zibanejad and Chris Kreider for, I'd say, at least the last five games or so. He's been great. Uh, the Rangers at times, and they've gotten better at this, but there's times in the past where they're selfless to a fall. You know, everybody wants to pass and set up their buddy for an easy tip and goal. Vetrano isn't worried about that. I mean, if he gets the puck and he's in any kind of decent real estate, he's throwing it at the net and he's got a heck of a shot. So uh, he's really been a, a welcome addition to this team. And, um, you know, Andrew Kopp, another big pickup as well. It's funny because, you know, we were obviously covering our teams during trade deadline day. And the two names that I kept hearing were the Rangers were either going to get Raquel or cop. And I was kind of torn between the two of them. Uh, but Andrew cop has done a heck of a job. The thing I love about him is he can play, uh, you know, any of the three, forward positions. So you get some versatility there. He can play on the power play. He's a great penalty killer. He's one of those guys, the way I've described him, he's like a B plus at everything. You know, he might not be a superstar in any one singular asset of the game, but this guy is just a rock solid all around player. And, uh, You know, now that that Ryan Strome is back into the lineup, you've got a second line of Panarin and Strome and Kopp. And that's the best that that second line has been, I would say, probably all season. You know, Capo Caco's been out of the lineup with an injury. And for a while there, you know, they were putting Dryden Hunt on the second line with Strome and Panarin. And it's nothing against Dryden Hunt. He's a hardworking player. He's somebody that's carved out a bigger role for himself uh, this season than I think a lot of people expected. But he's not a top sixer. And I've said as much on, on my podcast. There's too many times this season where, you know, there's one great pass. And then there's another great pass and then it gets to Hunt and he just can't finish. And that's not his <laughs> fault. You know, that's not his it's not his MO is, is producing all kinds of offensive fireworks. I mean, he chips in offensively once in a while. But uh, to say the Rangers upgrade as far as depth and the top six is definitely an understatement. And uh, just looking forward to seeing what these guys can do, because, you know, we haven't really seen Cop, Panarin and Strom together. Strom was out of the lineup with an injury up until this last game. So uh, definitely looking forward to, to seeing how those three can play together.
0: Yeah. You know, it's, it's crazy how, you know, both, both of our deadline acquisitions are playing really well. And, you know, John, I wanted to get your, you know, th- your thoughts on this too. You know, the, the three games this year have been, you know, very different. I think in a lot of ways that first one penguins were the better team. Um, I thought the Rangers played well, um, but, you know, the penguins were able to get the power play goal at the end. You know, they deserved to win that game. The second one penguins didn't show up. The Rangers blew them out of Madison square garden. The third one, I thought it was a 50-50. That was my opinion and then the Rangers were able to come out on top. Penguins had a nice push in the third period. Sidney Crosby made it 3-2. Had a couple of crossbars in there. Um and you know this is this is what I think a seven-game series may look like. Maybe take out a blowout loss for either team. It's just it's going to be really close and I feel like that's what we're going to see in this game on Thursday. You know, I think these two teams are you know <sighs> I, I, I like the Penguins' depth better, but I also know that the Rangers have a very easy way to win this series in the playoffs. You know, good goaltending. They're very patient. I feel like, you know, I, I talked about this with my buddy Nick Zraris, who covers the Rangers for um, Goblin Sports Network, and he does a podcast. You know, I feel like the Rangers remind me of, I guess, the mini New York Islanders in a small way that they don't really give you a lot. So, and that's been the Penguins' kryptonite in the playoffs these last couple of years, you know, going up against the teams that make them play really patient because they just want to go run and gun. That's just, that's been their MO for as long as Mike Sullivan's been there. But, you know, sometimes less is more for a team like the Penguins. And, you know, if they can figure that out against the Rangers, I feel like they'll be able to beat them in a series. So I'm really curious to see that aspect against New York for this final meeting, because again, you know, these two teams are probably going to play um, in four weeks time. All right, time for a little break in the action here. This is the time of year that I pretty much give them up on all of my New Year's resolutions, but not this year. I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right, Thanks to Bilt Bar. Almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. Have you tried the Puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Bilt Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors. Yummy cinnamon churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. They are all so good. All Bilt Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Yes, Puffs are included there. You can go to Bilt.com and scroll down to the macros chart. You will be blown away by what you see. High protein, low calorie, high fiber, low carb as well. Most Bilt Bars contain 130 calories four grams of sugar four grams of net carbs and 17 grams of protein at bill bar they're all about the taste they make it taste delicious first then figure out how to make it healthy i don't know how but they pull it off every single time you can go to built.com use promo code lock 15 and get 15% off your order that's promo code lock 15 for 15% off at built.com now Let's talk about Shady Rays. It's an independent sunglasses company that gives you the feature of $200 sunglasses for a fraction of the price. That means polarized lenses, well-constructed, durable frames, and premium high-end finishes. Also something you won't find anywhere else is Shady Rays Insane Protection Program. Shady Rays includes lost and broken protection on every pair. They will send you a brand new pair if you lose them no matter what happened. Give them a try and if you don't love them, you will pay nothing. It's as simple as that. 10 meals are also donated to fight hunger in America when you shop with Shady Rays. Exclusively for our listeners, you can head to ShadyRays.com and use code LOCKEDON to get 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. That's code LOCKEDON for their best deal of the season. 50% 50% off two or more pairs of Shady race sunglasses backed by over 150,000 verified five-star reviews.
1: Yeah, I think it could be a little bit of a grind. I, I think you'll see, you know, kind of a playoff-type atmosphere as we've seen, you know, when these teams have played each other uh, in the other matchups this season. And Hunter, if you and me can figure this out, that these teams might be playing each other in the playoffs, I'm sure everybody on both these teams can figure that out as well. So uh, I expect it to be very physical. Maybe there's even a fight. I mean, it's possible. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think the Rangers, they're a much better defensively responsible team this season than we've seen in other years um this recent game against the Devils the Rangers only put four total shots on goal in the second and third periods combined and despite that it felt like they were in complete control of the game and as recently as a season ago there's no way that would have been the case if there was a situation where the Rangers only putting four shots on goal in 40 minutes they're losing that game they got no chance so uh it's a team that's matured it has committed to defense I think a little bit more and Obviously, Igor Shesterkin certainly helps with that. It kind of starts with him. Uh, But there was actually a matchup that I wanted to ask you about, Hunter, because, uh, you know, I noticed in the last game and I checked the stats today, and this is indeed still the case. Rangers right now have the number two power play in the NHL. The Penguins have the number two penalty kill. That is going to be a massive matchup, not just in this game between the Rangers and Penguins, uh, you know, tomorrow, but also in the postseason, if they do play each other, uh, who are some of you know the the big time penalty killers on this team, and you know what's kind of key the success to that the Penguins have had when they're when they're down a man?
0: Yeah. So, so the main one is Teddy Bluger. I mean, he is he is what makes this unit go. You know, when he was out of the lineup for a good bit, the unit was still fine. You know, Zach Asprase was filling in for him, but it wasn't you know top two, top three in the whole league good. But the fact that he is back, you know, he he takes away so much of the ice. And, you know, he's also a great threat shorthanded. I mean, he's probably, you know, one of the five best penalty killers in the league if, if I had to pick, um, at least in my opinion. And, you know, the Penguins, they they, they always have a really good structure on their penalty killing unit. They, they call it about like a wedge plus one where they have a player up top. You know, he usually causes all the chaos, but then the Penguins, they have this little triangle that protects the slot areas And they want, you know, the opposition, you know, obviously the Rangers right here, they want them to shoot from those low danger spots and not get it, you know, 10 to 15 feet from the net. And, you know, last time when these two teams played in Pittsburgh, Chris Kreider got a power play goal. You know, he was right by the net, you know, I think it was kind of almost a good bounce off the end boards. And he was basically right there to corral the rebound. If, If I'm getting that goal, right. Um, I think at least, um, he was right there and there was really no traffic, um, for him it was just, just an easy tap in so you know the penguins they're, they're going to obviously have to watch out for him just because he's you know been so good on that unit this season but you know it's just that they play a really good style um on the pk and it's driven a lot of teams fits um to say the least so it's almost like an unstoppable force meets an immovable object obviously the rangers have a lot of talent on that power play you know fox quarterbacks so, you know Kreider has been incredible panarin's a hell of a passer and a shooter is that Benajad can do it all. Um, so the Penguins are, they're going to have to be on high alert for this one, but you know, it, it mainly starts and ends with Teddy Blueger. They'll also put Brian rust out there. If they want to, Chris Letang will kill penalties. Um, John Marino, um, you know, they'll sometimes put the stars out there though. It's usually it's, it's some of the bottom sixers who are good at even strength. And it's also some of the defensemen who are a bit more mobile um, than some of the others. So uh, I'm really curious to see this matchup as well because, you know, the Penguins, again, you know, one of the main differences in that last game, um, it was, I believe, 2-1 going into the third period. Rangers get that power play because of Mike Matheson. Um, I think he, he cross-checked one of the Rangers players. They scored on it, and that, you know, that was the difference in the game. So if the Penguins are able to win the special teams battle um, and keep it to 5v5, um, I, obviously, I think they'll have a better shot at winning this game as opposed to, you know, taking a bunch of penalties.
1: Yeah, it's absolutely huge. And I I think with the Ranger power play unit, you know, the biggest thing that they have going for them, I mean, on top of just the fact that it's a really talented bunch out there is this has been the Ranger top power play unit for, I think, like three seasons now. I mean, they never, every team makes adjustments and they'll move guys around and up and down the lineup and everything. It's always these five guys on the power play. It's Strom, uh, Panarin, Zibanejad, Kreider, and Fox. And I mean, like you said, they, they just complement each other very well. You know, Panarin can shoot or he can pass. Kreider's become just an absolute, lethal weapon with his deflections in front of the net uh Strom you know he can pass he, he scored on the power play the other night uh Zibanejad they've moved him over to the left side on the uh, power play unit which is usually where Panarin is but when Panarin was out of the lineup for I think it was like a game or two earlier this season they put Mika there and he was just rifling these one-timers scoring on a couple of them looking dangerous on a bunch of them uh so that's obviously been a revelation and Adam Fox I mean again he, he's the quarterback out there does a great job and um you know it's crazy because the Rangers they do have the number two power play unit in the NHL. I don't think their second power play unit has scored five goals this season. I'd, I'd be very surprised if they have that many. I think, think it's the
0: probably same probably with the Penguins too. It's I, I'm pretty all- sure yeah. they have hardly scored um, at all this season just because you know Sullivan he'll he'll put up a top power play unit for. Most of the time, but, you know, even when it's half of the time, which he does a lot too, the second unit comes on and they'll generate some chances, but the puck just does not go in the back of the net. So I we, we definitely relate to that.
1: Yeah, it's a little bit of the chicken and the egg. You know, does the second power play unit not score because they're not getting ice time or are they not getting ice time because they're not scoring very often? You know, it's it's definitely a little bit of that. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's crazy because Galant at times, you got to tell me if Sullivan ever does this. Uh, depending on the situation, the game, You know what, the score is how much time is left, all that. If the Rangers get a power play, say they're like down by a goal with like, I don't know, 10 minutes left in the game. If they get a power play, you know, obviously they'll go with the top unit. And if there's a play stoppage, like a minute 10, a minute 15 into the power play, Gallant will call the timeout that he has and give his top guys a breather and then put them back out there to to finish the power play. Do the Penguins do that?
0: Yeah, Mike Sullivan has been doing that a lot more um, lately, to say the least. It was actually a game against Buffalo about a week and a half, two weeks ago. Um, they're down one in the third period. They're generating chances, and Mike calls the timeout. He's like, "All right, you guys obviously been doing something." Tar and draws up a play. That play works to perfection. They score on it, and then the bench is just going crazy because you know it's. It, 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 I'm glad that coaches are starting to catch on to that tactic because it works yeah. a lot. So, um, it, yeah, Mike Sullivan has been doing that a lot more. You know, in and on the off and the offside. You know, when the Penguins call off a penalty. He will actually put Sidney Crosby, of Evgeny Malkin, and Jake Gensel on the ice at the same time to go attack the other goalie and get chances. They haven't scored on a chance yet, though they've come really close numerous times doing that. So um, that's going to be an interesting matchup to watch tomorrow to see how the Rangers defend that because the Penguins, they've been doing that a lot more lately and trying to get Sid and Gino on the ice together.
1: Yeah, it's crazy, man. I feel like every time we do one of these crossovers, Hunter, we find like more parallels and more similarities between these teams. I mean, I know it's a great rivalry, and they've had all these crazy playoff matchups over the years. But uh, two teams that are built somewhat similarly, and uh, you know, obviously that coaching tactic is kind of just the latest example of that. Um, I wanted to ask you though, because you know, obviously we're talking about a potential playoff matchup between these teams, and I did notice today looking at the standings, the Penguins actually have a better road record. Than home record and it's not a dramatic difference but they are better on the road than at home is there any little part of you that thinks like oh man maybe we're better off just going on the road and not having home ice advantage or do you want those games uh in Pittsburgh as often as possible in the playoffs
0: yeah I don't it's weird usually they are one of the best home teams in the league um I believe a few years ago I was trying to think of the record off the top of my head it was somewhere like 32 and six and three or something like that. It was by far and away the best home record in the league. Now, fast forward to this year, um, they've been anything but that heck even last year, they had one of the best home records um, in hockey as well. They're, they're usually automatic at PBG Paints arena though, when they've gotten home ice, especially last year against the Islanders, it it didn't really mean much. Um, They went one and two um, in that building had going back um, the year before that against the, um, Islanders and they didn't have home ice advantage, but they lost both the games at PBG Paints arena. Um, just, it hasn't been the same since honestly that cup run in 2017. I, I don't know the reasoning for it. it. That's a building that has been very kind to the penguins numerous times over the years, but you know, they, they've been a better road team. I, I, I can't, I can't figure out the reason, you know, maybe it's because, you know, they weathered the storm better. um, But you know, I don't really think it's that big of a deal for the penguins this year, just because, you know, Hey, maybe they don't need home ice to advance past the first film for the first time since 2018. You know, they've, they've had it once, obviously last year didn't work out. The bubble was a bit different. Um, but you know, we'll see. Um, I think it's, it's whatever to me, you know, if they have to go to New York and play the first two games there, they, they got to steal home ice. If they, if they come to Pittsburgh, then, you know, um, they come to Pittsburgh. So, um, you know, that's how that's how I feel about it.
1: <laughs> I, I hear you, man. I feel like it's going six or seven either way, no matter yeah. who gets home ice advantage. And you, you probably won't have a situation where the home team wins all seven games. I mean, that very no. rarely happens anyway in hockey. It happens quite a bit in basketball, but uh, this is not basketball, obviously. And uh, uh, one other question I had to ask you though, uh, as far as um as far as you know, this game coming up here, do you have like an under the radar penguin that you know Ranger fans should be keeping an eye out for? In this game, you know somebody who maybe isn't a household name, but uh, could impact this game one way or the other. Hmm.
0: That's a that's a good question. Um, a, a lot some of some of the depth has been um, lacking, I, I guess, a bit lately. Um, I don't really know if he's. Yeah, household name he was obviously great at the early parts of the season but you know i do think evan rodriguez could potentially impact this game because he finally broke out of a long slump against colorado a uh, bit of a lucky goal Devontae's kind of put it in but he got his 18th of the year but you know maybe that's the goal that finally puts him in the right direction again you know, coming into that game you know had basically two goals in his last 34 35 games, something like that um just been not the same player than what we saw the first half of the year or he was scoring goals at will you know it's hard to believe right now he's You know, only two away from 20. Heck, he should be at 20 plus goals right now. But, you know, it's just the production has been lacking, even though he's been, I think, getting chances on the regular. You know, the puck has just not been going in the net, um, in my opinion. So I think he could definitely do something. Um, Danton Heinen, if Mike Sullivan wants to play him a bit more, he also could um, play a bigger role. I think he hit the post once or twice in that last game in Pittsburgh. You know, the game potentially could have been a little bit different. you know, if that chance goes in, you know, the Penguins, again, I think they had like two or three posts um, in that game, you know, very unlucky, of course. That's how a lot of the game of hockey goes. Um, so those would be, you know, the two names that I would keep my eye on though. You know, it, you know, I'm, I'm going to be curious to see, you know, with Jason Zucker's likely second return from injury now. Uh, well, honestly, it's his third, you know, just how the depth is going to be now that he's hopefully back in the lineup whole time. So I think those are the two names that I would look for. Uh, for sure.
1: Fair enough. Uh, for the Rangers, uh, one name that I'll throw out for, you know, your listeners and Penguin fans in general, I'll say Braden Schneider. And obviously, you know, he's not a household name yet, but he is a former first round draft pick. Uh, the Rangers called him up in the middle of the season and he is just 20 years old. But, uh, you know, he looks wise beyond his years. He does have a hiccup every now and then. He is a 20 year old rookie after all, but he looks pretty comfortable. He throws his weight around. And uh, he laid a big hit the other night uh, against the Devils, and then Igor Sharangovich jumped him, and Brayden Schneider won that fight with ease. I'll I'll just put it that way. You can go back and watch it if you want to. But, um, you know, for all those reasons, you know, again, big, physical, tough player. I have a feeling he could influence this game one way or the other. Uh, Of course, once again, you know, he is a rookie, so there are some hiccups and some mistakes every now and then. But I get the feeling before uh, this one is said and done, one way or the other, you know, Braden Schneider is going to, uh, you know, make himself known, you know, on, on the ice for sure. Um, how about predictions, man? You got a final score for this or anything specific to happen? No, every, every
0: time I do that, you know, I, I, <laughs> I do sometimes, I do some betting articles sometimes for the game day and, you know, I, I pick the penguins to actually beat the Avs. Um, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not jinxing it again. That, that, that's for sure. Um, I think it's obviously going to be very close. Um, I'm going to say it's going to be a one goal game. Um, all right, I just, every time I think like I pick the penguins to win, I just get really bad mojo. So I'm going to, I'm going to keep my mouth shut.
1: <laughs> Fair enough, man. Um, so I'm actually going to go against the grain a little bit, and I hope Ranger fans don't get too mad at me. But I'm actually going to take uh, the Penguins to win this game 3-2. to two. The way I see it, these three previous matchups, other than the one where the Rangers, you know, basically just ran them out of the rink. Yeah. Um, the other two games were really close, really competitive. Uh, these teams obviously have similar records. They're built similarly. And I just get the feeling that we're kind of destined for a regular season split here heading into the playoffs. I don't know. It just feels appropriate. And, uh, you know, obviously the playoffs, it'll be best of seven. We could technically call it a best of 11 if that's the case, because both teams will go in, you know, having one, two each. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I just get the feeling that we're kind of destined for a split here. I would love to be wrong about it. Uh, but I think maybe the Penguins just barely edge this one out, you know, by a final score of three or two. But I will say uh, the Rangers, their penalty kill is very good and they've been really close to scoring uh, while shorthanded in a handful of the most recent games. So I will say also that the Rangers score a shorthanded goal uh, at some point in this game here.
0: All right. Well, I hope at least one of those things uh, comes passing the Penguins again. You know, they, they badly need a win on this game. They lost two in a row. You know, it's, it's fine if you lose to Colorado. You know, they, they do this to everyone. But I feel like the Penguins definitely deserve a better fate in the one on Saturday. For sure, you know, they tied it up with five minutes left, should have gotten at least a point and taking it to the 50-50, which is three on three overtime. But Colorado was able to score 30 seconds later. And, you know, that was that. And then Tuesday, obviously. So, you know, this is a team that's kind of been a little bit of a dry spell just because the schedule's gotten so tough. It's gonna to get even tougher on Thursday. I'm excited to see how you know, if the penguins can rise up to the occasion and you know, maybe send a message here to the Rangers going in the playoffs saying, Hey, you know, we're we're not gonna back down from you all. And you know, we can we can beat you, you know. At your place, um, to say the least. So I'm really excited for it.
1: Yeah, it's going to be a must see TV, uh, you know, in this regular season matchup, and certainly if they play each other in the playoffs as well. But uh, yeah, Hunter, listen, man, there's a ton of fun. as always, always a good time, uh, you know, linking up and doing these uh, crossover episodes here, and we'll definitely have to do it again if and when these teams are playing each other in the playoffs.
0: Yeah, absolutely, I'd be down for it. And you know, for all the listeners out there, and I believe this is an ex- exclusive ESPN Plus Hulu game. So if you don't have enough subscription. Uh, you're probably going to have to find a third-party streaming site for it.
1: Yeah, I'll have to try to finagle some kind of a free trial or something like that again, but uh, we'll find a way to watch the game, that's for sure. But, uh, yep, Hunter, uh, pleasure as always, and uh, Reindeer fans, Penguin fans, we'll see you guys next time.